In this episode of the Austin Spotlight, I interview Kaylee Marks, the founder of Podcast Farm. Kaylee uses his experience in digital marketing as well as in running podcasts to help other podcasters grow their market and find their intended audiences. I hope you enjoy the episode and would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. I am joined today by uh, Kaylee Marks, a podcast guru here in Austin, Texas, <laughs> uh, and a host and creator of the Podcast Farm, a company that actually helps other companies uh, run their podcasts and stuff. And so probably someone I should have uh, connected with a uh, while back before I started my podcast, but you know, it's better, better late than ever. How's it going? It's going so great. Thank you so much for having me, Troy. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy we're connected now. That's all that matters. Exactly. Just keep uh, onward and upward. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I kind of like to start every podcast like with kind of people's origin stories, right? Like Austin's, I think, a really interesting city in the fact that so many people are from different parts of the country and kind of have different paths to where they um, are now. So kind of, you know, what's a what would kind of be your origin story, your background um, prior to, you know, what led you to where you are now? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so um, I got into podcasting. I started in the music industry. So I was, I'm a music producer. I've toured and work, I've owned a record label, worked for a record label, and just kind of been in that scene um, for the last decade, over, over the last decade. And I think podcasting was a really natural sequence from that because you're obviously you're dealing with audio, you're dealing with the voice, you're dealing with music and sound and, and media editing and all that. So I was actually also teaching music in K through 12 here for a local nonprofit called Beyond the Grade. Shout out, Mark Turk, Isaac. Uh, they're amazing an organization that gets uh, that serves the musicians of Austin by employing them, but then serves the youth of Austin by give, giving them uh, music teachers after school. So it's a really incredible organization. And we launched the Beats program, which is like an electronic music after school program. And, you know, funny, it was the kids would love to go and run off into the corner and record each other talking because the program we used had this podcasting feature. And so I kind of noticed that. Uh, and I started picking up editing gigs randomly to, to edit people's podcasts. And that kind of grew and snowballed. And then I had two podcasts and then I launched someone's podcast. And I, I really enjoyed that because it's much more like an album release, right? Like you, you go, you record your first batch of episodes, you launch it, there's an album art, you have to come up with music, all that stuff. So that was really fun. Um, and then that kind of just led me to the point where I realized that editing people's podcasts wasn't actually helping them. And uh, my background is nonprofit work as well, obviously. And so I wanted to do more. I wanted to create more impact. And I had to kind of up my marketing chops and, and really understand like what makes a podcast grow? What makes a brand grow? What is brand strategy? How do you do business? And when COVID hit, it was more important than ever really to figure this out. So that's actually when I incorporated Podcast Farm just over a year ago. And uh, it was it's been a wild ride, you know, I hit my first 20K month about six months in. So I saw I was like, OK, there's something happening. Podcasts are on the rise. Everyone's interested in this. And that led me to where I am today, which is a podcast launch coach. So I have a program called Amplify What You Love. And that's that's where I am today. Very nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I think obviously COVID and, and kind of the shutdowns uh, accelerated a lot of different things. 
business wise and just lifestyle wise in, in that regard. And uh, let me say podcasts, I, obviously we're just a part of that wave, right? Like it's the, one of the nice things that a lot of people like about podcasts is they, uh, you can multitask while you're doing mm-hmm. them, right? So, right, you can be at the gym working out, you can be cooking dinner, uh, obviously you can be in your car. And so I think, uh, you know, we're, and everyone's always pressed for time. And so as a way to kind of consume information, but also you know, can maximize the, the sh- small amount of time that we feel like we have on a daily basis, uh, podcast, it's a natural uh, flow into more and more podcasting. Yeah, I love that point about how I, I truly think that audio will always be a thing. Like, I think we'll be flying to other planets listening to <laughs> something, right? Like, maybe yeah. it'll be jacked into our brain, but um, there'll always be a need for audio only because we we have ears and we like to listen. And like you said, we like to multitask. So I think uh, I think of it actually as like real estate, right? Like it's it's a it's a market. It's a real estate market of audio, and it's really worthwhile to invest in it in the long run, because it's always going to be relevant. You know, there'll be new fads of trends and colors and designs and maybe, you know, a social media platform, but audio is going to be something forever. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's also changed in the, in, so the way that TV has changed, right? Like obviously initially you had just the four, four major channels, then you go to, you know, cable. Wow. This is amazing. We have, you know, a hundred channels and now you have all the streaming stuff. And so it's, you know, more and more fragmented. And that's the streaming aspect is kind of where podcasts are, right? Like you initially just had AM and FM radio and then you had like satellite radio. And now it's like, Oh, I can listen to any topic subject from anyone in the world that I want to. And then, and then you have like a thing like clubhouse, which is basically live podcasts all the time. And, uh, and we're just, the technology allows us to, go find very specific targeted information that we want, whether it be for entertainment purposes, for educational purposes. And so I agree, like there was just a big lag between, you know, that XM radio-ish kind of component or FM radio component to getting to the fragmented every, all the different things. Whereas in the TV world, it just seemed to happen a lot sooner. But I think that's kind of where we're at on the podcast side of it too is is just the same way we are in all the streaming things tv and video wise yeah i love that you brought up clubhouse too because that that platform really showed i think people uh just the potential of how you can innovate with such a simple thing as like a microphone right and what rich community could be built how much you know how much you can earn from your voice how how fast you can build your brand i grew like 400 followers in in um, over a month on instagram which if anyone's on Instagram, it's like not that easy to have warm, warm, lead, like warm people follow you on Instagram that many. And it's all yep. just by speaking and sharing on stages on Clubhouse. So, yeah, I love that you yes. brought that up. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, as an Android user, Clubhouse has been harder to break into uh, mm-hmm. that way because it was so Apple dominant. And yeah. I'm not, not going to go out and just buy the Apple phone only for that purpose. But uh, but again, now now it's interesting because other social platforms are are looking at adding that in, right? Twitter has Twitter spaces, Facebook, I think has recently released something as well too. And so uh, it's, you know, say once, once the large companies see that there are opportunities, they're not going to kind of just let them go to other people necessarily. Yeah. You know, Grant Cardone says something like, watch what the big guys are doing. Don't look at what the little guys are doing. Watch what the big guys are doing. And so Facebook's investing in podcasting. You know, I think it's only for limited creators right now sure. but yeah. 
that's worth noting, right? It's just worth yep. noting. For sure. So uh, you mentioned kind of music is kind of what got you into the podcast world. Um, to begin with, had, had you always had a love, kind of that a creative um, intention mindset from, from that standpoint, from being from be, when you were young? And, and you know, because for most musicians, it's something that you do start off when you're relatively young. Um, not that you can't pick up the guitar when you're 30, but uh, it's 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 definitely more rare that that that's uh, becomes a passion at that point in time. So that's something you've always been been interested in. Yeah, actually, I um, did, I got just into by, just by the way, did the cat almost knock over the the cat the, almost? Yeah, sorry everyone watching. There's I have I'm cat sitting for three cats in there. Um, they're they're practicing their MMA sparring right now. Nice. Um, but yeah, I I actually got into music when I was like ten. But really, it was I, I've been I kind of consider myself a li lifelong entrepreneur. Like I was selling my toys when I was four. Uh, I lived on a high school boarding school. Uh, I was really interested in business. I would like make a pop up movie theater in my mom's house and try and get all the students to come and pay me to watch a movie, or I would try and sell all my toys. Um, and it, obviously, this is all so that I could get candy. Um, because I had run my, my tab over at the candy shop and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me any more free candy without actual cash. So that kind of spurred my entrepreneurial thing. And throughout my whole life, I just really liked to create. I loved coming up with projects. I loved designing things. I loved, um, collaborating with people and making something, whether it's like a play, a movie, a skit, a book, anything like I like to make, I'm a maker and music is just like another avenue for me. Um, but I also really like to create impact and, and to do good in the world and to, um, especially like play with my favorite people. I like, that's sort of the, my big vision for my life is to just collaborate with all my favorite people. And, you know, I work, I lived in Mexico for a few years or well, eight years, and I worked with nonprofits there that did a lot of outreach into rural communities to bring sexual and reproductive health education, nutrition education, uh, the arts, all this stuff. And that was really inspiring. That kind of stayed with me. And um, the, the music was really powerful and it really opened up a lot of doors for me. We got to collaborate with some massive partners like Ableton, which is one of the largest uh, electronic music software companies. Uh, I released a sample pack called Raga with them. So like the music was always an incredible door opener. But at the same time, I felt like I needed to share my voice and I needed to help share other people's voices. And it felt very like just contained. I, I needed something a little bit more expansive. And it feels like podcasting has just been exactly that. It's been this massive um, amplifier, right? It's, I mean, this is what it is. And so it's been powerful. It's been a really powerful experience. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I think music, you, like the music is, is kind of a universal language um, and so that definitely, I'm sure help has helped open doors, uh, in many instances, the, and it's kind of the same way you talk about podcasts being a player. I mean, that's, I know there's obviously a lot of people who get frustrated with social media, um, mm -hmm. for different reasons too. But again, it's a similar kind of thing. Like you, I believe you get out of it, what you want to find, right? There's definitely plenty of stuff on social media that's not worth the time or effort, but there's also so many good things and positive things and ways to, to learn, uh, learn things and get your message out. Right? That's where people are um, through a lot of their day is, is on social media. So if you're trying to get that message out via a podcast or via YouTube videos or Instagram posts, um, like you mentioned, Instagram's tough right now. And so that's where I think podcasts have a huge opportunity because there's not 
as much um, supply as there really is that demand for for people uh, wanting to consume that information. Maybe we could share if you're down. I'd love to to serve your audience a little bit because I think everyone could use some Instagram boosts right now, right? Yeah. Um, that like especially for for anyone, even if you don't have a podcast, like what I've been what I've been finding uh, to be really successful on Instagram is, you know, it, it's social media. So it's, it's actually, there's people on the other side of the screen. And I think often we can, we can just like put stuff out there and we're not actually considering what it's like to be on the other side. So one, one easy thing is just noticing what you interact with, what makes you comment, what makes you like, what makes you share. If you're not sharing that stuff, if you're, if you're not creating that stuff, then that's probably why the Instagram's not growing, right? So just first tracking our own usage and um, utilizing all of Instagram's tools, right? So Reels, Instagram TV, Instagram Live, and carousels are massive. Every time I make a carousel, it does so well. And for those listening who maybe don't know what carousels are, it's like it's like a little slide deck, right? It's like 10, up to 10 or something slides that... Yep. And uh, so you can take any topic and just break it into 10 slides. And there's some there's some methods that you can use to kind of create interest and curiosity and kind of pull people through the whole thing. But, um, you know, if you have a great interview with someone, if you for your brand or your business, if you if you figure out a couple of the main questions that your ideal client might ask and you answer those across the slide and on the last slide, you put your contact info or some call to action like that can be really powerful and really successful. Um, but then perhaps one of the, the simplest, biggest things that is uh, really working right now is um, just really authentic self videos, just hopping on, you know, like grabbing your camera, selfie videos and like really speaking from the heart, really speaking from your place where, where we are, where we are at now and speaking to the pain of our ideal client, customer uh, that that's really working well for me right now. And it's creating a lot of awesome conversations. So I just wanted to share that with your audience. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I think too often, especially in like the business realm of stuff, too many of the posts are trying to get a lead, right. Instead of how can I help the person that might be on the other end looking at that post or that video. And so you're right. I mean, it's, you know, if you had a, if you have a door to door salesman come up and knock on your door to try to sell you something, they don't do very well because that's not necessarily something you were looking for at that moment. And, you know, and it's just kind of a little bit uh, unsettling when something like that happens. And so, but I think, and I think too many business owners and small businesses are that door to door salesperson on Instagram or on social media in general, where it's immediately, trying to have a conversation about here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can help you sell your home or buy a home and stuff versus, uh, versus actually, Hey, let me help answer a question you may have that has nothing to do with you buying or selling a home yeah. that has nothing, you know, for, for in my instance, since I'm a realtor, you know, like what, you know, what's going on with property taxes or the real estate market in general, that might just be educational and, and beneficial uh, for you in a broader sense. And, and, and understand that building that level of trust is what, will eventually lead to uh, finding, having some of that business and having people reach out on their own versus again, the door knocking salesperson kind of aspect. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. What, how have you, and maybe a little bit too early since school's just kind of started and obviously going back to work is kind of in a rel relatively 
new and might be pausing in with everything that's been going on, but have you seen any kind of differences in the numbers now that people are, you know, not necessarily just spending time at home, are are going out more, are potentially commuting to work? Like, is that, has the fact that people are busier that way helped podcasts because people are sitting in their car and doing stuff where they need to just listen to things or because they're busier traveling, you know, school starting, all that kind of stuff, has that maybe diminished some of the podcast exposure and, and listening rates? Do you have any data on that? I, I don't have any um, like really rigorous peer-reviewed scientific data for y'all. And obviously uh, correlation isn't causation, but I will say this pretty much without a doubt, podcasting grew during COVID. Like it's very clear to me. Uh, it became way more of a household name. Like younger kids are noticing it more like hundred percent. Something happened during COVID where I, th Oh, I love that song. <laughs> um, yeah, something happened, something happened. And I, I think that it, whether it's because everyone was stuck at home or just the natural flow of podcasting or Joe Rogan being acquired by Spotify or whatever the thing was, uh, maybe people just being hungry for non or, or less biased media or alternative biased media other than the main news channels. I think that those factors kind of uh, supported this rise of podcasting. So without a doubt, num like it's growing and um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure exactly which causes you know, made that happen, but it, it seems pretty apparent from my angle of vision, at least that that is the case. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it definitely has. And again, it's always, the data usually always legs what the actual results are, right? So Joe Rogan getting a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify is you're like, whoa, but obviously that happens because podcasting has already been, been on the rise and a company like Spotify, which very easily can get all that empirical data that you're talking about to sees, sees what's going on and, and is like, hey, this is something we wanna invest in. Again, another example of you talking about, look what the big companies are doing and if they're willing to invest hundreds of a hundred million dollars into a, a single podcast, uh, that's probably a sign that there's some uh, opportunity there. Yeah, and I mean, what I love about it is just like what you're doing is the ability that it has to stitch together your local community and extended international community, but especially a local community is really powerful. And it really elevates you to that of press to that of like, you, you, you start to become on that level as as the news in a sense, if you get big enough, and Joe Rogan has the ability to sway huge mm -hmm. swaths of people and, and communities. And so it's a, a really powerful thing. Very much so. So what um, what's kind of some of the plans for where you're uh, looking to take Podcast Farm over the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Well, uh, my main thing that I focus on is Amplify What You Love. It's my two-month podcast launch program, and it takes you from having a podcast idea to being a podcast host. It gives you everything you need. And so I'm just like focusing on that. Um, we just launched four podcasts last month. There's Four, like four other shows coming through the program now. And it's just so inspiring. I mean, it's it's connected me with some of my favorite people that I've ever met. It's opened up doors that I never thought possible. Um, I've come into contact with mentors, with friends, uh, with clients. It's just been really powerful. So I'm just I'm just pouring all my time and energy into Amplify What You Love, which actually is bigger than podcasting because it's really about 
helping people connect with their purpose and connect with with something that will bring profit to them so that they can continue to do their purpose and actually serve a, a need or a, you know something that's actually needed in their community. So in the next 12 to 24 months, we're probably launching some self-paced podcast launch courses and kind of focusing more on those who want to take their brand to the next level while while not sacrificing the means and not sacrificing their quality of life like it matters how we earn and it matters what our day-to-day looks like so i can be earning a lot but i could be just like slamming my cortisol levels every day i can be you know hurting my body hurting my mind not connecting with the people i love like that's not worth a million dollars a year to me that's not worth it i you know our body as we get older our priorities shift. Maybe money was really important at one point, but by the by the time we get older, it's like health. Having health can become the most important thing. And then by the end of our life, it's time. So I'm trying to kind of think about that in how I serve my clients is like, how can we co-create and build a lifestyle with a business aspect that, you know, it's, it fuels what we're trying to do. And I have nothing wrong with massive amounts of abundance. I think that's absolutely necessary. And I don't think we serve anyone by being uh, poor. I don't think we actually help anyone. And so really figuring out how to create that balance of lifestyle with profit, with actually fitting to a market need, right? What's something that the market actually needs and and is benefiting the community. And so I'm just all in on that right now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, right. Like I know in a lot of areas, capitalism has gotten, is kind of been taking a beating lately. And there's definitely things about it that aren't always, the prettiest, but in general, like it's had so much innovation and so much positivity. If you really look at it, that like you say, right, like just having being poor, it makes it much harder to actually be able to help and provide and give back in, in those regards. And so, um, and, yeah. and it actually can cause um, damage to the community. So I'll just give a, an example. Uh, my mentor and someone who's gone through Amplify What You Love, uh, Dr. Marlene Carson, shout out. She, <laughs> She is the founder of the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network. She's a survivor of human trafficking. She works with the U.S. Advisory Council on Human Trafficking. She is a literal superwoman, uh, and she she's all about social enterprise. And how do you create a community that is supporting itself, is is serving each other, you know, all the constituents of the community through business and entrepreneurship uh, without... Uh, without completely depending on the government aid or something. So a lot of nonprofits try and just get donations or try and get grants. And it's like, it's not sustainable. We need capitalism. We need entrepreneurship. We need, we need things that are going to actually bring in income and, and give back to the community. And it, you know, during COVID so many uh, victims of human trafficking had to shelter with their trafficker. Right. So there was a huge crisis that happened there. And housing is a huge issue. And so one of the things Podcast Farm is trying to do, especially with Amplify What You Love, and we're teaming up with various nonprofits. So we work with The Switch, uh, which also has a 32-bed facility, Rahab's Hope of Ohio. And I I really encourage anyone listening, please go check out Dr. Marlene Carson. Please check out Rahab's Hope of Ohio. This is an incredible person doing amazing work internationally. She works works internationally. Um, We work with Beyond the Grade to bring podcasting and entrepreneurship to the school system here in Austin and then also like Roots and Routes, which is working on nature's rights and working with, um, you know, indigenous tribes of, of South America to 
uh, build documentaries and and kind of showcase uh, a lot of the environmental destruction and trespassing of indigenous lands and rights. So we're, we're really trying to connect all these amazing organizations together with social enterprise. And I think that something about this format, what we're doing here, that is is a key, is at least part of the key to unlocking this network of abundance for us all. Very nice. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of those, most of those things, all those things, quite frankly, don't have simple solutions. But um, but that doesn't mean that they that you can't push, keep pushing forward and make progress, right? Like sometimes yeah. people think that that it's you know progress is impossible that's not the case either like it, it, it is possible it just you know it's um requires or requires the whole the whole village totally and it also kind of requires the surrender to the fact that like it may never be amazing here sure. on this planet you know it could get worse and worse and worse it could get really great but it's like there's something about again it kind of goes back to my personal goal which is like i want to collaborate with my friends until i die like that's that's sort of my vision because we can't control the outside environment we can only really control our own behavior our own thoughts our own mindset behind it and so um there's this sort of surrender to what is but still trying to push it forward like you're saying like it's it's that effort that matters not that the outcome is meaningless but we sure. we have very little control over it yeah right yeah no it's again it's the you know there's a reason it's called an ideal it's because it, you know, you know it's really rare to reach and I reach the ideal, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that you may strive for in a lot of those cases about being able to be leave things better than you um, had had them saw them when you first got totally. there. Totally, yeah, yeah. It makes me think that like even if we reach the ideal, it's not real. It, it won't be the ideal. The, yeah, then, then we realize, yeah, no, right. Which is uh, which is very true uh, when you talk about, you know, if you're talking about mindset type of stuff, right? Like, you're, oh, if I can hit this goal income wise, suddenly that's not the ideal of free yeah. anymore. Right? If I can hit, if I can get this, whatever, right? And so there's you're, there's always the ability to strive to continue to make things, um, make things better for sure. So yeah. you mentioned that you're, I know you're a host of a podcast as well too, aren't you? Tell a little bit about what that, that that's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So Be On Air is a podcast for uh, specifically creators, entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, authors, anyone who is into building up their brand. They're going to get some value from this. It's not a boring podcast. Um, we we have it on YouTube as well. So there is a visual component. Sometimes we bring on world renowned magicians. We bring on coaches from all different sectors, from men, men's coaches to relationship coaches to intimacy coaches, to mindset coaches, brand consultants. We also talked to, you know, like Dr. Marlene Carson's been on there. So we talked to, to nonprofit leaders. And it's really like this, this developing conversation of how do we build wealth? How do we serve our community? How do we express ourselves, right? How do we actually like connect in with the, the different parts of ourselves and share that with the world? And yeah, it's been an amazing experience. Um, it, you know, on, you know, what, what happened actually is I was a podcast editor, producer, founded Podcast Farm, and I didn't have a podcast. And there was this massive imposter syndrome that was valid imposter syndrome. I think there's sometimes imposter syndrome is not valid. This one was. It was like, how am I going to help people if I don't go down that journey? Sure. So we just hit episode 50. And for those who don't know, um, there's about 48 episodes in a year if you do every week. So it's been a year of podcasting. And it's absolutely been mind-blowing. Like, I had to go through everything my clients have had to go through. 
Um, I've gotten to experience it all firsthand, but I've also gotten to experience the massive power of it. And the, you know, w- one of the things that's happened with it is I've gotten to interview people who I never thought were quite reachable mentors, um, podcasts that I really looked up to. And that just all kind of has has fl- flowed into my business and in my relationships with my community. And it's been it's been pretty extraordinary. So, yeah, you can get that on all platforms It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Pandora, everywhere that you listen to podcasts. You just search be on air. And I think that there's something for everyone, you know, that we get into spiritual topics. We get into very pragmatic um, marketing topics. It's sort of an amalgamation of things that are most important to me. But every conversation I have, I'm thinking about you as the listener and like, what can I bring to the table that's going to serve you in, in your business, in your life? Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, so if I'm a person who hasn't started a podcast, but is thinking about it, um, other than you saying that they should, what would be the, you know, first couple steps or, or first or a couple things they should be aware of or know as they're trying to to get their podcast uh, off the ground. Totally. Well, so if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about it, um, there, there's probably a good reason that you're thinking about it. You probably have a message to share and you probably want to share it louder than it's currently being shared. So I would, I would definitely listen to that inner voice. Um, and I always offer uh, a, a, free, a free strategy session on my site at podcast-farm.com backslash apply. You can grab uh, a slot if there's any available with me. And, and I try and help uh, give you clarity on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. And uh, no strings attached. You know, it's just some time that you can have your podcast questions answered. Um, but yeah, so if you're really thinking about it, one of the exercises that I like to give people, and this was a really powerful thing for me, is simply to take out a piece of paper and write down everything that you love just everything that you love, every single topic. Doesn't matter if you're going to podcast about it. Doesn't matter if you're going to, uh, if it, if it's viable, if you think people listen to it, if it's taboo, really it's, you're the only one who's going to see this list. So just write everything down. And then on another piece of paper, write everyone that you love, every single person in your life that you love, that you'd like to talk to, that you don't think is possible to talk to because they're so huge. Uh, just, just download your brain. And that exercise, if you start to kind of separate and categorize and draw buckets of like categories that the people and the topics fit into, it'll start to give you a map of maybe what your show could be about. And I think that's a great first exercise for people uh, because one of the things you're going to have to do as a podcast host is come up with a lot of content. And yes, you can interview people, which is a fantastic way to kind of take off the burden of coming up with content as you interview people, they give you content. Uh, it enriches the show, but then also what's your thought leadership? What's your contribution? And doing this exercise will really make it clear what that is. Um, it's going to take a long time. It's very rare that something blows up crazy huge in the first year, you know, and uh, Gary V talks about making it past episode 100. Um, Joe Rogan's on episode like what? 15, like thousands, yeah. thousands of episodes. And, and they're all like three hours long, right? Like and they're all three hours long. Yeah. Like so you really, not. you got to do it for more than a quick win. It's yeah. this isn't, you know, put money behind Facebook ads if you want a quick win, potentially, depending on your situation. Podcasting is not that, but podcasting, what it is that Facebook ads isn't, is it is a way to develop your your authority. And Facebook ads don't necessarily do that. 
You will develop your authority. You'll build your network and your network is your net worth. 100% understand that now. I didn't understand that necessarily five years ago, but now I do. And it gives you access to your favorite people. And I can't think of something more incredible than that. Nice. For someone who, so someone like myself, so I've been, you know, technically I've had the podcast for about two years, I think was the first episode, but really just in the past year, I've been doing it on a more consistent basis, like once a week. Um, what's someone, what's something or a couple of some things that someone who has a relatively new untapped podcast should look at or should be doing to help you know, grow their podcast or, um, you know, just advice you would give someone in that regard. Totally. Um, so this is one of my favorite things to work on. And this is what I, what I work on with a lot of people. If I'm not launching a podcast, I'm getting people coming to me to help grow their show. And there's many, many different things we can do. And it's really dependent. I kind of work across four areas. It's like you have your brand, you have the purpose behind the podcast, you have your, your, traffic flow, which is a huge area. It's everything from how your social media accounts are set up to how the podcast links are set up to how you're sharing it. It's like the flow of your audience and your listeners, how that's all set up. And then the quality, the audio quality, the video quality, the, the micro content repurposing quality, how, like if, if that, or even just the value of the content and the conversation. So those are sort of four areas that we can work in to increase uh, the rate at which the show grows. Um, but you know, it's always cool to think about how to tune into your listeners more because like right now, listeners, if you're literally listening to me speak in this moment, it's like, I didn't really maybe address you until this moment right now. Right. And I think the more that we can do that in the podcast and recognize that there's actually people listening to this and speak to them and invite them to engage and like, you know, let us know topics that interest you. Let us know what stuck out to you. Let us know what you're struggling with in your life. I think that's a really uh, cool piece of, of the puzzle. Um, but then also like in, in your case, uh, for instance, with Austin Spotlight, which is such a great show and I love what you're doing with it. It's like, there's so much room for collaboration in our community because it's so niche down, which is great. Like sometimes people go too, too wide and it doesn't really speak to anyone in your case, like you've picked a good niche. And so then now it's like, okay, well, what kind of collaborations could happen with local Austin businesses? Because, um, you know, one of the things about podcasting is you always want to be kind of stretching up and reaching up and positioning yourself up. And so getting bigger and bigger guests, like we're lucky. We have Aubrey Marcus, we have Tim Ferriss, we have Lex Friedman, we have Joe Rogan. Um, we have all these people here and there's so many more, um, you know, like there's uh, Evan of the easy does it podcast. There's the big pygmy. I don't actually know the name of his podcast, but he, you know, he has his show. There's so many podcasters here. Um, so figuring out how to leverage that network or wherever you are figuring out how to leverage your local podcasting network or your local business network. Um, and at the end of the day, like the, the quality of the show is going to dictate whether or not people like it. If it's a good show, people will share it. People will love it. People eventually it will grow, right? If it's actually providing value. And I actually talked to John Lee Dumas, uh, who's a, you know, entrepreneurs on fire, millions of downloads, podcasts, and, uh, uh, just like a, a really cool entrepreneur that serves a huge community. And I was talking to him on clubhouse and I asked him like, what would he do today without any of his brand recognition? Like how would he go about doing it? And he, his, his response was simply to really, 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 really find a problem that people will pay to fix. 
if we don't have that, then it's not gonna. And, and that problem doesn't necessarily mean like your my pipes are broken. It could be like, I'm depressed and I need humor, right? Like that's what comedy can be. Right. Uh, but then specifically like, what's your angle on fixing that problem and serving that problem. And, and he's like, put that out to the world, ask what people are work are needing help with, or ask if this would be a valuable thing. And if people respond, great, but really people need to be able to pay. If people will put money down to solve this thing that you're offering, that's how you kind of know there's this market fit. And that is that is going to help the podcast grow, the business grow or whatever, right, uh, is is aligning it to someone with an actual need. Very nice. Yeah. No, that's uh, a, a cool way to think about it as, you know, as as what is your market um, and how, how, again, how can you serve them? Going back to the social media side of things, right, like when you're posting what is that market and how can you serve them versus what can you just get out of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for um so then for people that want to are looking for more information ideas on their podcast and stuff what's the best way to kind of stay connected with you or, or reach out and kind of connect with you yeah totally well definitely check out beyond air podcast i think that that'll be a good tool in your tool belt uh check us out on instagram uh, at the podcast farm that's going to be a really great a really really great resource because we repost all the podcast clips so it's like a good overview of what we're doing um and yeah just reach out i mean i'm i'm in my dms my dms are open right now and always always love connecting with people uh who are trying to bring something beautiful to the world and um yeah Awesome. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to to jump on and hopefully bring some value to some people that are looking to start their own podcast. I'm sure there's one or two things I'll, I'll take from this as well, too. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear it. And I wanted to share something with your audience, if that's all right. Sure. For sure. So oftentimes, you know, we're talking about capitalism and stuff. So you all can see this piece of paper. We're talking about capitalism and we're talking about money and we're all trying to make that paper. We're all trying to make that money. And I think it's really important to, to recognize that money is, in its essence, if you get a $20 bill, it's really a piece of paper, right? There's nothing too fancy about that piece of paper. What gives it its value is the perception that it's valuable. It's our agreement between each other. It's, it's the community that really makes, makes the value. So next time that you're focused only on money, remember that it's the perception and therefore in order to make lots of money in order to have a brand that's strong you have to give you have to give to your community build a strong community and actually like i said provide value to them solve an actual problem and that's what i have found makes the most amount of income as well as impact with your podcast <laughs>